Money FM 89.3, best of the breakfast huddle. Mind your business with the breakfast huddle only on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3, The Breakfast Huddle with Elliot Danker and Ryan Huang. It's time now for Mind Your Business. And, you know, as we're well into earnings season, the banks start reporting their earnings. Have you ever wondered whether weaknesses in Web 3.0 and consumer access and financial services could hurt a bank's stock and overall financial performance long term? Well, in the 10-second attention spend type of world that we live in, three to five business days for funds to clear is... I don't know, it's increasingly kind of inappropriate and unacceptable to customers because we're all not really willing to tolerate paying huge and inexplicable fees for snail pace service, if you think about it. And with no proper Web 3.0 infrastructure, right? Banks are also at risk of losing customers who want to venture into things like cryptocurrency space. Banks would also need to also start preparing to offer basic services around the metaverse to stay relevant and, you know, kind of get that customer loyalty as well. So how can a bank upgrade to Web 3.0 infrastructure-wise? And is it time for them to accelerate their plans to embrace digitalization? Let's get more insight from Nigel Vass, who is the CEO of Publicis Sapien on the line. Nigel, good morning. Morning. Thank you for having me. Thanks a lot for taking the time. Tell us a little bit more about the company. I understand it's a digital consultancy that helps businesses, things like Walmart, JP Morgan, Marriott, to transform. Tell us more. Yeah. Public Sapien was founded almost 30 years ago. We've been pioneers in the space, particularly working with financial services institutions and many of the other businesses that you talked about with one single idea, which is fundamentally how do businesses transform to stay relevant in an age that is increasingly digital? And as you talked about, there are lots of capabilities being talked about around metaverse, Web3, but we believe that there are some fundamentals that a lot of businesses need to, to put in place in order to kind of accelerate their journey. And we call these the speed capabilities, which are, you know, what we've built Publicisapien around. And speed is an acronym. So the S is strategy. So being really clear on what your strategy is, what the value pools are, the P is product. So rather than thinking about projects that begin and end, you think about your organization like a product that is constantly creating new versions of itself as it evolves. The E is experience. So thinking really about the experience of your employees, the experience of your customers, and thinking about how these experiences could be made better. The next E is engineering. So rather than thinking about technology in the context of risk and cost, thinking about technology in the context of value and differentiation. And finally, the D, which is data and AI. So really thinking about how you can use the data that your organization is getting from its customers, from its employees, on a real-time basis and iterating. So when you think about particularly financial services, travel and hospitality, hotel companies, so much of what they need to do to really continue to transform themselves to be digital centers around these ideas of these five capabilities around speed. And then those could be deployed in the context of decentralized finance and thinking about how they could really start to use, you know, blockchain and thinking about decentralized finance more generally in the context of providing banking services or thinking about a super app idea where you are far more able to distribute other services alongside financial services. Or if you're a retail business, anticipating the shortages of product and goods that you're going to have or using visual recognition to find out when your store is running out of products or indeed actually helping people buy stuff 
through their mobile devices and online and navigate physical spaces with digital spaces. These are just some of the examples mm. of things we help our clients with. You're talking about those four forces that change the context in which companies operate. Speed, of course, like being a common denominator in all of it. What kind of factors come into play that could potentially change these forces? Any observation on your end? Yeah, absolutely. You know, when you think about the big forces that we're seeing right now, you know, across the board, right, the first and most obvious one is consumer behavior. So we're seeing a huge shift in behavior as consumers, which we don't need to spend too much time on because we're all living and experiencing it all of the time. The second is technology, right? So we're seeing an increase of technology proliferation, whether it's in the context of cryptocurrency and blockchain, the metaverse, we're talking about Web3, we're talking about augmented and mixed reality, as well as virtual reality, all of these different things, in addition to just the proliferation of you know, supercomputing power in our pockets, right? So you've got the technological change. The third is societal change. There's a huge amount of focus now on being far more inclusive, bringing more people into this digital ecosystem, trying to really make sure we don't end up with an even bigger divide in the digital world that we have in the physical world. And then lastly, business models, which is when you think about these three changes of consumer behavior, society, technology, you're now starting to see more and more business models start to actually put money behind fundamentally reimagining the way in which services can be provided, whether that's in the context of government, whether that's in the context of the private sector. And we're seeing huge amounts of innovation there. So when you think about these four forces coming together, I think it creates a real platform effect for change Mm -hmm. that a lot of our clients and, of course, consumers are getting to grips with, you know, right now. Mm. Nigel, I feel like in the past few years, Asia has really been shouting out how it is making itself the center of growth and innovation. Tell us a little bit about your observation when it comes to Asia and innovation. And what's your market presence here? You know, for us, Asia is an extraordinarily critical market, right? We operate in a number of markets, you know, across Asia from Singapore, Thailand, Australia, China, Japan. And for us, a lot of these markets are strategic in that they all are getting to grips with those four forces in extraordinarily different ways. So most recently, we announced a joint venture with you know, Scion Commercial Bank, one of the oldest banks in Thailand, and for us, one of our newest markets in Asia, to essentially really start to think about how financial services can start to provide a platform through which lots and lots of services can be provided to consumers in adjacent areas. So we launched food delivery service, which was essentially based on a relationship that the bank has with so many of its consumers, creating both employment in the country from a driver's perspective, but also offering convenience to customers, Mm. all in the context of an ecosystem that is providing a basis to create trust with consumers, given the fact that you are engaging with them on their financial transaction history, right? So if you look at that, that's a uniquely Asian approach, which we're seeing far more in Asia than we are seeing in any other part of the world because of the ability for consumers to engage with a single provider across multiple dimensions. And I think here in Asia, we definitely want to get on board the bandwagon when it comes to the metaverse. We're already doing that as far as blockchain is concerned. What kind of opportunity do you see in terms of the metaverse in, you know, that digital transformation that we're constantly going through here in Asia? I think the metaverse is a huge opportunity, right? Because for me, ultimately, the metaverse offers three fundamental ideas. The first is, given the internet actually, you know, grew organically, there are lots of things in the way in which the internet was governed 
that we could actually start to perhaps fix in particular as it relates to access and inclusion. So how do we actually bring more people into the idea of this metaverse and metaverses as there'll be multiple platforms, you know, that come together to create that cumulative experience in a way that is far more inclusive than the first iteration was, you know, where a lot of people in particular in Asia, given the lack of connectivity, you know, got left behind in that early wave in the 90s and the early 2000s, right? So that's Mm. the first idea. The second, I think, is the fact that since you have so many languages, you know, so many scripts, how do you actually start to use visual engagement with people across a region as diverse as Asia to start to provide some very simple intuitive experiences that span not only regions within a country, but perhaps you know, across countries, right, where you start to actually create ways of engaging that are far more immersive, but also far more intuitive, where you can perhaps get beyond the historical barriers of language. So think about, you know, gestural navigation. Think Mm -hmm. about, you know, using far more visual, intuitive ways of accessing information than perhaps a web-based or a mobile-based platform would allow. And then finally, I think, and most interestingly, is what is the next generation of services, whether that's healthcare or government or diagnosis of challenges, any number of these things that can actually start to really create opportunities to do things just fundamentally different. When you think about provisioning of healthcare, when you start to think about engaging with government, if more of these things could be done in a more diverse, distributed manner without actually creating bottlenecks in the system, I think that would be huge for so many people across the region. Oh, trust me, I look forward to the day where I can just look up and say, computer transfer money to my wife. I don't have to type in 10,000 passwords, but, you know, engagement, which is such a big word and such a big issue that banks are looking at, that's not the only thing that they have to look at here because what about things like, I don't know, for a bank to think about 3.0 or crypto mortgages for that matter, the kind of innovation, it's all up to your imagination if you think about it. Absolutely. And I think, you know, we right now are living in a place and time where that is absolutely not only the expectation going back to those forces that we're talking about that consumers have, but also the opportunity for some banks and some organizations to take significant share by operating in this extraordinarily progressive way, right? I mean, just something as simple and basic as, you know, you talk about just look at your computer or transfer money, but it wasn't until a few years ago that you couldn't open a bank account without going into a bank. Mm. You couldn't actually get a mortgage without filling inordinate numbers of paperwork and taking days to do that, right? And we've now started to reimagine some of those services for certain banks who are clients over the last 10 years. For me, what's exciting now is the next forefront of this, right? How can we actually start to get personalized investment advice based on my specific situations, not generic products that the bank is actually trying to sell? How can we actually think about customer journeys truly being at the center of this? You know, so I want to send my kid to college. I don't actually want to get a savings account. So flip the idea from product selling to actually solving real problems, but solving those real problems in a tailored custom way to the individual as opposed to a kind of generic one-size-fits-all approach, right? And these are just the basics as you then start to talk about decentralized finance and the opportunities that start to create. When you start to talk about providing so many additional layers of service beyond the basic financial services, whether it's in the area of entertainment or whether that's in the area of travel, you know, I think the opportunities are tremendous right now. Yeah. Nigel, I suppose that brings us to our final question. And it's really around 
how can a bank or how can a company look at Web 3.0, that infrastructure around it? How do you build that in order to ensure that you can grow your customer base? What advice would you give? I think it goes back to that idea of the speed capabilities that I talked about. Be really, really clear about what the strategic priorities of your business are. Think about this as an ever-evolving, continuous evolution as opposed to a beginning and an end, right? Mm-hmm. Focus obsessively on the experience for your customers and your employees. Think about technology in the context of engineering, a, a way in which you can really differentiate rather than about managing costs and risk. And then lastly, think about data and AI in the context of not only responsive behavior in the context of data you're gathering, but ideally predictive, anticipatory behavior in order to actually further accelerate that loop. So if you just think about that speed frame, for me, that's, I think, a really powerful idea for how you can start to think about platform or core systems transformation. I've been speaking with Nigel Vass, CEO of Publicis Sapien. Nigel, thank you for your time. Take care. Have a great week ahead. Thank you. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.